0: hey, have you noticed that we've made a whole, like, commercial industry out of worry and fear? (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. We did this to ourselves. How do we handle when the Bible says, do not worry?
1: Okay, God, like, what are you going to, you know, I'm all for, like, the divine inspiration of scripture, but this feels like you're kind of missing the mark a little bit.
0: There's a, a real pain and tension that we have to live with right now,
1: and that sucks the goal here for jesus is to say like hey i've got you like i am the author of all
0: creation Mm -hmm. know that welcome everybody to kingdom thinking so glad you can join us today i'm hansel this is my co-host josh and you know what josh uh this last kind of year and a half has felt like a combination of different things to be concerned about. Yeah, no and doubt. And so as we kind of step back a little bit, it's like, now wait a minute, barring uh, you know pandemic stuff and things like that, worry seems to be one of the most universal human experiences that we can have. Like, doesn't matter color, language, height, right? Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Worry, this concern for something that is unknown to us, that's that's universal. We all right. feel that. Right. And so as we dive into this a little more, uh, we want to explore the topic of what does the Bible have to say about worry? And how do we handle when the Bible says, do not worry? It's like, but wait a minute, like, that's all we've been doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So is worry a sin, right? It's going to be the topic that we covered today. And we know you are 100% right. Worry is a huge part of our culture. Like anytime Mm -hmm. you turn on the news, anytime you turn on Fox or CNN or whatever is your, you know, choice of news consumption, right? There's like this fear mongering of like, oh my God, you're going to die because of X, right? Like (laughs) everything is out to kill you. And so... When there's a phrase right that's popular in, in media stuff, like if it bleeds, it leads, right? Or it's like anything that kind of conjures up fear mongering, mm. or or any any company that does fear mongering, or anything that conjures up this emotion that causes you to worry. So you have to tune in. So you have to stay glued to the that's TV, right? It's like this is one of our brains are wired, our amygdalas are wired, right? Our reptilian brains are wired reptilian. to be able to like sense fear. Because it's the difference between life or death, right? In, in terms of like when we were hmm. still cave people or whatever, if you believe in evolution. And so the idea behind all that is like, we know that it triggers something in us right. that's different and more intense than other emotive, uh, yeah. emotive experiences. And so the idea becomes like, this is our reality. Everybody faces this. And then you get to Matthew 6. And Jesus literally says, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. And he'll go on to say some other things, right? What you eat, what you drink, nor for your body. Don't, like food. Yeah. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. worry about food. Like the most base necessities. <laughs> there, but he starts like with this way higher conversation. Like, Yeah. don't worry about your life. Like, stop it. There you go. Like, stop it. Like, okay, God, like, what are you going to, you know, I'm all for like the divine inspiration of scripture, but this feels like you're kind of missing the mark a little bit. Like, you know, but, and then you think like, well, in the first century, there was like, you would die from a cold or whatever, because there was no medical stuff. And it's like, so what do we do? That's It's a tension to say the least, and (laughs) it's annoying to say the worst, right? And so we're going to be looking at this question in a very serious manner, like should Christians worry? Because we know that Jesus says we're not to be worried about what we consume or what we wear. Uh, So then that leaves us with this question, right? What do we concern ourselves with, Hmm. if anything? Or does this imply then that God is going to take care of our basic needs, right? So that's a huge – that has a whole bunch of other ramifications that we'll need to talk through uh, in a little bit because you and I, as, like, middle-class people living in America, right, the richest nation in the history of existence, like, we can trust that our needs are going to be met basically because – Don't worry about
0: food. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, fine. I'll go to Ralph's or whatever grocery store I like, and I'm just going to – buy peanut butter and i'm good for six weeks or whatever it is and so the idea here butter? well i don't know i don't really eat peanut butter but the i the idea here is like i can get my basic needs met anytime uh you know i i want to have them met so i want to pause here yeah, yeah, for yeah. just your initial thoughts and reactions on this before we kind of jump yeah, in no, this is good to the, this the, text the, and, and explore the first more. thing
0: that kind of caught me off guard was hey have you noticed that we've made a whole like commercial industry out of Worry yeah. and fear. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. We did this to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. There's a real
1: there's a real term for this. Uh it's called panic porn. There and the idea here is like, yes, that's a little bit abrasive, right? And a little bit offensive. But the idea is like you get so hooked on it, you right. get addicted. Like you can't stop watching. There right. and there's real ramifications for your brain, right. for stimulation, for how yeah. you sleep, Over. for how you eat, I, for how you I live. Bet. And it's like, yeah. So
0: that's interesting. So uh I the first thing is it reveals to me some of the kind of self-destructive elements of human nature mm-hmm. right we put ourselves in situations we consume even entertainment is like super stressful Correct. right like the first superman movie that came out uh what's his name is he british henry cavill mm-hmm. the, the first one that he was in mm-hmm. they destroyed so much of that city i i was seriously stressed <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um and so like the things that we consume and we put ourselves in these situations, like we cause these things on mm-hmm. ourselves. Now, I'm not overgeneralizing yeah. right, about people who have no control over things that they're worrying about. I'm not Correct. talking about that. Right, right, I'm right, saying, right. I just think it's really interesting. We have whole industries that whose job description is to um, stimulate that kind of gut reaction. I mean think Peter.
1: about like M Night Shyamalan, right? Like his whole job is to make you worry for 2 hours yeah. and then subsequently be disappointed again, but then worry <laughs> later on, right? And so it's like you go you pay crazy. you pay to be scared right? or you pay to worry right. about like hey don't go in that room or like that's but what's and wild. wild.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, so then there is this real tension. Jesus no, like don't worry about your life. And then I mean Peter's going to say this again. Mm-hmm cast your fears mm-hmm. and your anxieties mm-hmm. on the lord for he takes care of them mm-hmm. these like these are imperatives yeah. do like stop how how do we understand that
1: yeah so those are so those are kind of be the three anchor points for our conversation right okay. so peter says you know, Cast your anxieties on him. Paul says, be anxious about nothing. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, do not worry. And okay. so we're going to look uh, just specifically more in depth at Jesus' words today okay. uh, in Matthew 6.25. So in the context is important to set up here first, right? Okay. So Jesus has just made it clear to his followers that an individual cannot both love God and pursue God and love money and pursue money, right? And this is going to kind of start revealing the heart of what we're going to be talking about today uh, because when we begin to worry— about our needs or Mm. kind of the world around us or stuff like that, we begin to realize that we are yearning for a specific type of material things in life, Mm. right? And so there's going to be two categories that we'll kind of need to dissect in order to do an honest dialogue of this is like the stuff part and then like just the literal basic needs part. Okay. And, And so it's one thing to have a conversation of like, yeah, I'm worried about where for, my next meal is going to come from for my child, right? Yeah. Like I also have a biblical onus to provide for my family, yes. you know? And so that's not what I want to talk about first, right? The things that I want to talk about right now are like the idea of as we're moving and, and collecting more stuff or we find ourselves in a rat race from a nine to five and, and like we're trying to get to the next thing, right? This is a pretty obvious one that we can say like, yeah, that's bad, right? Like that's not a good uh, thing to worry about because that point ultimately, it kind of like leads us towards idolatry, right? Mm. Uh, Because one of the things that we understand is Matthew 6, the greater chapter of Matthew 6, moves in this idea, right? Money is a tool that is meant for service of the kingdom, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, The idea here is, like, we're called to give to people in secret, right? God wants us to—Jesus is telling us to, like, leverage our resources to help people— like quietly, yeah. that's a drastically different picture when you combine that with the idea of not storing up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or thieves break in and steal, but storing up your treasures in heaven, right? So Jesus is telling us to have an outward facing relationship with our money, with our material things in mm-hmm. general, right? To be other-centered instead of self-centered. Yeah. And so the idea here in, in 625 is like, when you begin to worry about what you're gonna wear, or what you're gonna eat to the point of the anxiety that it provokes in you, then there's an understanding of saying, like, that's an idolatry hmm. there because now something has superseded the importance of God in your life because you're spending more time thinking um, on that, perseverating yeah. on it, mulling over it, you know, as opposed to figuring out how to be other centered towards, uh, other centered and trusting that God will be, you know, oriented towards you mm-hmm. in the way that He gives and kind of distributes resources. Yeah. So, how do you, f- what do you think about that idea?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think I can appreciate that distinction between. Um, taking responsibility mm-hmm. for the things that you're supposed to. Like, if you don't have a job and you don't want to work. Correct. You should be worried because there's a character deficiency. Yeah, there, yeah. Right? So I get that. That's that's a, that's a really helpful distinction to start. Um, have you ever thought about where the lines blur? In, in other words, I hear the point that you're making about a lot of the times our worry, our anxiety, is revealing the orientation about the thing we care about most that isn't God. Yeah. Um, Do you have any thoughts, because this is where my actually thoughts went, what about worry, anxiety as a kind of result of uh, the broken world Mm -hmm. where, I mean, people can't always control their anxiety and worry, even when it's irrational. yeah, Even when they have homes and shelters and food, like worry and anxiety, it still seems to be there. So how do we understand that as on the one hand, a self-imposed thing, on the other hand, a result of like cosmic sin? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do.
1: I mean, I think there's a really sincere conversation to be had here about understanding that there are parts of humanity that are broken and we inherit that brokenness in whatever form you wanna believe that that comes about. Right. But the idea is like we were not designed to be angst Hmm. prone there. And as a result of that, there will need to be special interventions that take place that help us kind of get over that. Right. So I think an easy two obvious things that come straight to mind is like the advocation or the advocating for therapy Mm -hmm. is huge Mm -hmm. there. And being willing to know that it's okay to go to therapy. Right. Like it's a good thing to do. It's healthy for you. It's 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 super great. Or the idea of medication. Right. Maybe. You know, if you've only got, you know, for the sake of this example, if you're, you've got five pathways in your brain that release serotonin to your body and only three of them can work because the two out of those five are shut down because you're so anxious, well, then you're only able to live life at 60% of what you're intended to live it at, right? And so if you need medicine to help you be able to unlock those two other pathways so that way you can, you know, function in the mm-hmm. way that you're supposed to function – That's a good thing, right? Like this is one of the ways that you're actually obeying Jesus's command Mm -hmm. to not worry because you're getting the help that you would need in order to make that possible, right? In order to live that out in a way, because some things are just biologically beyond us. Correct. And that's a really important thing to recognize. Otherwise, we just end up in this terrible circle uh, that is just like these destructive behaviors that Mm -hmm. continually repeat until you know, either we waste away or we've got nothing left or, yeah. you know, life is not even worth living yeah. anymore.
0: That, no, that does make sense. And so then the, the question is, or the point is, whether it's self-imposed or um, not, mm-hmm. meaning like cosmic sin imposed, the, the kind of uh, impulse here should be to be able to address it. Yeah. Whether it is through like health, mm-hmm. mental health, medication, Uh, to be able to say, yeah, whether this is like a mental health problem or a, I just have bad spending habits problem. Yeah. Right. um, Right. Yeah. yeah, Like you weren't made for that.
1: Yeah. Some people genuinely just don't trust God enough. Yeah. Right. Like that can be a real answer, but also some people have neurological conditions and that can also be as equally valid as just not trusting God enough. Right. And it's important to spend the time of self-reflection determining which camp, right, you you find yourself in. And and that makes a huge difference as you kind of interpret this passage moving forward. Okay. Uh, So in addition to this, there's an uh, an author and pastor uh, named Tim Lane out of Georgia. Uh, He notes that that it's important for us to examine the tone of the command that's given. And this was really fascinating to me because I had never really considered the tone. I'll, I'll confess that when I have a propensity to read scripture, it's usually like in this very flat affect, right, when I'm reading mentally. Like I'm not thinking like, hey, where's the joke in this kind of setup? Or like, where's the punchline? Or like, where is the anger? Yeah. Or where's the whatever, right? I tend to just read like, first, when Jesus tells us not to worry, it's important to capture the tone of the command. You know, it's like everything is just kind of straight laced. So for Lane to write this really caused me to take a step back and go, huh, the idea here is none of the writers, you know, Paul, Peter, or Jesus, mm-hmm. are, she- are, are seeking to shame or guilt us in the midst of our worry, right? Like the goal here for Jesus is to say like, hey, I've got you. Like I am the author of all creation. Mm-hmm. Know that. Like believe me, trust me. Don't worry yourself out of, you know, what I want for your life. Then mm-hmm. be other centered and watch me step in and be other centered toward you, mm-hmm. right? And that was a very uh encouraging thing for me because the idea here is like the worry the worry not command is not coming from, you know, when you say the word imperative. It's like this very like Command, official stamp. Stern. Yeah, like right. it, it carries this heaviness to it. But it's like, I can say, hey man, don't worry. And that's still an imperative, but it's soft and it's right. gentle. there. And it's like, that was a huge reframe <clears> for me when I was kind of personally considering. So do you buy that idea? Do you think that's a good interpretation of that passage?
0: Um, I think tone <clears throat> is a harder thing to suss out. Uh, it's a harder thing to, to interpret. Sure, sure. And so it could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just not sure how. Do you, you
1: tend to read with a flat affect too? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yes.
0: So I, I'll say this I think it's harder to make a case for it and make a case against it. Sure. Yeah. Because like, it's from know, silence. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, however, I do think that a lot of the, so grammatically, right? We're like, oh, this is an imperative. And so. Mm-hmm we're also importing some of what we understand imperatives to be Yeah. because even when Jesus is praying in Gethsemane, Father, um, let this pa- this cup yeah. pass. That's an imperative, mm-hmm. but it doesn't function in one exclusive imperative way. It's more right. like a request. Right, 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 um, right. So, yeah, like, I buy that.
1: Yeah. Well, so Lane uh, lists two examples here, right? In Luke 12, he says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom he notes that the words uh, little flock right connote, uh, or connotate tenderness, not guilt or shame or whatever. And then Paul gives instructions about caring for fearful people. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5, encourage the fearful. Okay. Right. So Lane's note is that Paul is following in the very incarnate footsteps of Jesus as he counsels us on how to help fearful, anxious people. Hmm. He calls on us to encourage them. Okay. And again, there's no hint of shame or guilt right. in either Jesus's or Paul's words. And I think this is a really important aspect to understand because... When we worry to the point of debilitation, right, I don't even know if that's a word, but right, when we worry to that point, right, that's when we know it's becoming a sin, when we, when it freezes us. Yeah. And one of the biggest solutions to this is encouragement from our community there. And this invibes a, uh, an authentic, a transparency, a tender openness with each other that I think has a potential to be missing from a lot of our lives these days, particularly as you consider like where we find ourselves politically, where we find ourselves on the conversation of the vaccine, how we interpret the way people care or don't care about other people, right? Mm-hmm. And anxiety goes through the roof. And as you get more anxious, you become more isolated. Mm-hmm. And so the antidote to this is like this very humanizing of people. Hmm. And when you consume kind of the worry culture that we've created, yeah the dehumanizing people is what keeps us coming back to that. So it was just an interesting thought to me, like they're two completely polar opposites, the way that Paul and Jesus are calling us to live over and against the culture and the world that we are currently experiencing right now. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Um, This quote is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, In its purest form and most honest, we... Are to take worry for what it really is—a deadly sin. Yeah, yeah. Why is worry a sin? At the deep core of worry is a really sinful mis- mistrust towards the things of God, idolatry of the self. Yeah, that—that's nuts.
1: Yeah, and so that quote is from Patrick uh, Mabelog, who's an author uh, on Christianity Today, and okay. like, and this sums up this idea uh, perfectly, in my opinion. Right? It's deadly, not necessarily because it's this like vitriolic anger towards God, like "screw you, God" or anything like that it's deadly because of what it does to you. Yeah, the corrosion. Yeah, it eats you from the inside out. Yeah. Like this very, like yeah, very corrosive kind of thing. And so, right, he continues on. He says, when we worry, what we're really saying is God is taking too long to deliver Mm. or he's apparently not good enough to meet my demands. Yeah. Now, to me, and you can tell me what you think, uh, that might feel a little bit harsh, right, for people who just, like, are genuinely worrying. Or have anxiety. Yeah, so this feels a little bit like uh, not as... uh, Credible, or what? What are you trying to do when you're trying to be careful towards the other people? Charitable, right? Yeah, this doesn't feel as like as charitable of, yeah. an, of an idea here. But in one sense, right, if you sit in that world too long, yeah, then certainly, right, you are, you are making this declaration that you don't think God is enough, yeah. There. And
0: that's a at what point, right? Are we crossing into yeah, that world? Yeah. You know? And I mean, I I will say this: <clears throat> I'm not sure if I've shared this on on this show before, but <clears throat> over the last kind of like year or so i've been through my own process Mm -hmm. of like therapy Mm -hmm. for different reasons and things like that and so my experience through that process has been really really painful in some ways Mm -hmm. because some of the first things you learn about yourself is how powerless you are yeah for sure and if there's an expression or an emotion that comes with that feeling of powerlessness as you're becoming more self-aware yeah. of your pitfalls and whatnot—it is anxiety and mm-hmm. worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is, it makes you want to run back to those things that make you feel safe. Yeah, which is what the problem is in the first place. Right. 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 And so there's this like loop that feeds into itself because, like, no, I feel really good when I do this thing, but this thing is why I'm self-destructing. Yeah. And so. So the whole intervention, right, or, or process of therapy for me has been, how do you actually learn to face with honesty mm. the real emotions, the real situations without numbing them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's been, made me worry a lot. And and yet, it, it's almost like... Uh, um, I don't know how to explain it. it would, I guess like like a wave, right? And you're yeah. like, you're there, and you're like, I'm gonna drown. Like, this is not, I'm gonna die. And then it recedes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to express, explain that without experiencing it, but you find God in new depths yeah. when you can not numb yourself from life's actual hardships Yeah, yeah, and find him there. Um, and I won't generalize like people's experiences, or but that that's, I wanted to share that because for me, like, Therapy has been that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, I wouldn't say it, it all the time. It's oh, God's taking too long to deliver. Right. It's right. it's this this deep sense of like what's going to happen. That the powerlessness of that um, is actually where you get latched off mm-hmm. of yourself mm-hmm. and those things that you think are so sturdy and safe. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I've totally experienced that.
1: Yeah. Well, and you think about like you know, you jump on social media, yeah. and you're in all of these silos, right? You follow people that maybe think like you, that maybe have the same belief system that you do. Yeah. And then you watch a specific TV show and it reinforces your beliefs. And so it causes this further us, them divide, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize like, man, those people are terrible or whatever it is. And then, but those people are friends, family, potentially. Right. And then you go through this kind of worry. It's like, how can these people be this way? And then it just starts to melt any sense of cohesion mm-hmm. that we have as people, right? Particularly as the body of Christ, and and unless you are intentional about facing that directly, right? You just you're doing exactly you end up doing exactly what you described, right? like running back to the things that numb you out, whether it's you know drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be, right. For the person there, and this is a huge thing. So, uh, so we've kind of talked through, you know, we've kind of made our way through this journey of like. The obvious things, you know, if I'm just worried about my material possessions, I'm yeah. just being selfish. We've talked a little bit about the harder side of the conversation of mental health. But it's the, it's the last verse in uh, Matthew six twenty eight and 29 of this passage uh, where Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither t- toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So Jesus is making a very compelling case here, yeah. right? Like that your and my value uh, in God's eyes are higher than that of birds and lilies, right? Like these, not worthless, but like these things that are so low in the creation totem pole, right? Like flowers and birds, whatever. <laughs> I mean, they're fine. They're, but if he can take <laughs> care of birds and flowers, right? How much more so is the question? Can yeah. he take care of us? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is where we. I want to camp for kind of the rest of this conversation is like, is God not doing God's job there? Is like God kind of suck at his gig in terms of taking care of the populace? Because are you saying you got a lot of because, kids that are dying there? Uh, so, what do we do, right? How do we interpret this passage honestly without shying away from kind of the difficulty that that topic comes up with? What do you think?
0: Yeah. So, I have two responses one is interpretive from that text, another mm-hmm. one is guy uh, experiential, I suppose. Sure. So, the first thing I would say is Matthew 5 through 7 that whole section Mm -hmm. uh, should be read together Mm -hmm. in the context of Jesus' uh, sermon or a Sermon on the Mount, right? right? right. So one way to understand the Sermon on the Mount is a recommissioning of the law. Mm -hmm. So you have Moses who gives the law. Like this is what God's relationship with you is going to be. Then it gets given again in Leviticus, then again in Deuteronomy. And so... um, in in one way, what Jesus is doing in the Sermon of the Mount is he's saying this is what the kingdom should look like. Right. Uh, but as we know, it's not here in its fulfillment mm-hmm. yet. And so these ideals of love your enemy, turn the other cheek, uh, give your give your shirt all like these would make no sense at all in that context. Like, right. why would I do that for the people who want to kill me? like right. The Romans to the Jews and things like that. Um. So it makes no sense, but the kingdom values make no sense. Right. Right? So that's the first thing I would say, um, that there's there's a part of it that isn't completed yet. And mm-hmm. so with to your point about starving children or, I don't know, domestic abuse, like there's just so many issues, right? Yeah. Sex trafficking. Yeah. Human trafficking. Um, there's a, a real pain and tension that we have to live with. mm mm-hmm right now and that sucks yeah the other thing i would say is it's too cheap to say god why aren't you doing anything about it mm-hmm. when we're supposed to be the people good who are yeah i was hoping that you'd problem. say that. i was hoping you'd say that
1: yeah 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 right like we spend so much time talking about things that we identify as right yeah. and we tell people like what you feel on the inside is what you are whatever and it's like dude not true like, we are who Jesus has declared us correct. to be, and, like, we are his hands and feet. Correct. There, And so part of that is, like, God looks back at us and is like, yeah, why are people dying? They're like, why are you hoarding resources right. unnecessarily? Exactly. Why worked? is
0: there disparages in food? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, like, what are you doing to answer correct. that problem? There? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a huge, huge, huge win.
0: At least the starting point for the conversation. Certainly. Like, if you want to talk about the problem of evil and stuff, like, fine, but... It's not like we have no answers yeah. to, to why there's a huge uh, disproportionate amount of resources and food um, in different parts of the world. Yeah. Like, that shouldn't be that hard to figure out. right? Um, I will also say, it seems to me that the beginning for this, because man, like it, just, it really brings up a lot as I was sharing that about myself. And I can just imagine for our readers who've either through school um, or different things in their family, that like, so much has been turned upside down mm-hmm. in the lives of our viewers, I would imagine they can relate a lot and say like, yeah. wait a minute like so what am i supposed to do about my anxiety and fear yeah like and worry yeah and i think what we're trying to say is that it's not that anxiety and worry are going to go away correct it's that there's a reorientation of how we see ourselves in relationship to yes that 100%. worry 100 that gets nuanced yeah. and colored differently that says oh we're gonna get through it yeah and I think that's what the difference is. Yeah. And it's the resolve to do
1: what it takes to not let worry become your master. Yes. Right. To not let anxiety override right. what God wants for a- you. As
0: we would say, don't let substances. Yeah. Anything. Or, or sex. in Your master. Yeah. Let worry be one of those things because it seems it's so benign. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is a good thing, right? I should care. Like, no, no, no. It's not about caring. It's about this latching on. Correct. To our own detriment. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, that's like, no, 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 that's not life. Right. That's not life. Right. Um, That's huge. Yep. That's huge because what that does is it anchors uh, our perspective, our souls, Mm -hmm. right? Our our own body, our own life in something that is beyond us. And I think that is fundamental to the message of the gospel. Yeah, I think you're right. And I would certainly hope that that would go through uh, in this message that we're trying to uh, herald uh, to our viewers. Because, man, like, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to – be a high school graduate, trying to go into college. Dude. Uh, yes, that's a lot of worry. Yeah. Um, rightly so, and yet we're saying there's more. Yeah, it's, much, it's, it's much more. It's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. So we certainly hope this is encouraging for you guys. Uh, we are there with you in the different aspects that cause us to worry. And so we're here together and trying to make the best of these situations in community. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. What are some aspects that you think are the most worrisome Mm -hmm. in our context and how does this perspective maybe shape how we see some of that yeah great Um, for sure we'd love to hear from you guys so make sure you catch us next time make sure you catch us on the Juice app and uh, we'll see you next time on Kingdom Thinking